Oh, my days. You guys were amateur last year. You're even more amateur this year. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is Chris Davis, and once again, not joining me is the Soccer Goose. This will be the last week of gooselessness, I promise, as next week we will be traveling to Tobacco Road for our first trip of the year. But before that, I have an awesome interview with Lee Morris set up for you guys. Uh, Lee is the uh, director for the Eastern Conference Scouting Network for USL League Two. He is also the head coach of the South Carolina United Bantam. So uh, me and Lee talk about, you know, what is the scouting network for USL League 2 and how he got involved with it and what he'll be doing. And then we talk about the stuff that the Bantams did on and off the field last year and how they plan on capitalizing on that. Uh, the Bantams uh, really turned things around attendance-wise this past season, and uh, it was really cool to see firsthand. So um, without further ado, here's our interview with Lee. And joining me now is Lee Morris. Lee Morris is the head coach of the South Carolina United Bantams. How's it going, Lee? Yeah, all good. All good, thank you. Um, glad to be here. Glad to have a chat with you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me on the pod today. Um, but before we get started about uh, SC United, I saw that you were recently named the Eastern Conference Director of Scouting for League Two. I was wondering what you could tell us about the Scouting Network and how you came to be the Conference Director. Uh, yeah, um, well... I'm not too sure how I actually came to be the conference director. I just got a I got a call from the guys at the USL uh, one day asking me if I'd like to be part of it. And um, I think obviously with the the USL two being the the path to pro is the hashtag. Mm. Um, we're really trying to use it as a pathway to get as many players the exposure and um, trying to get players into the pros. So when they called up and asked if I wanted to be part of a, a team that kind of helped out with that, then, you know, I jumped on board because it's something that really is close to my heart, having been in the USL for the last three years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's... Um, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, so really, it, it's uh, a case of um, the USL basically has people going to watching games and trying to uh, collate stats on players and recommendations and people that stand out and highlight it. And then all the information um, will flow through me uh, back to the, the USL so they can start um, basically getting stats on players and, and learning more information and, and then learning which players we, we aim to push, really. Um, so it's just a better way of, of trying to get information back to the leagues uh, to promote players, which is what it's all about, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. So how many scouts do you have uh, for the Eastern Conference? Uh, well, right now I'm, I'm waiting on the numbers. They're still collecting with the league uh, actually not beginning um, for another 10 days or so. Mm-hmm. And our conference will start a little bit later than that as well. Um, I'm still waiting on information with regards to how many. But uh, my experience is that pretty much um, each team has players going and watching games that um, will report back. So, say there's eight teams in the conference, there'll mm-hmm. be a scout at each game that then um, reports back. So, pretty much every game in the USL will be scouted um, wow. and we'll have reports on each one. So, it's a, it's a big network of people, but the league is designed for that exact purpose. So, it's a, it's a big project, but a good one. 
So, so um, I'm just really curious on how this is going to work. So, like, you'll get all these scouting reports each week or so, and then uh, you'll kind of funnel through them and pick out some of the more impressive uh, things that you see and then send it on up the pipeline? I think pretty much over, over the course of the season, um, similar names keep popping up. So we just collate them and streamline all the information. And then over the, over the course of a USL season, like last year, for instance, we had Marek uh, Weber, mm-hmm. who scored 18 goals. So whoever was coming and scouting Marek would obviously pay attention to that one uh, mm-hmm. because he was scoring so many. So things like that, then over the course of the time, I believe that's how the, the conference teams of the season get selected and stuff, just through stats over the course of the season. Okay. And another thing I noticed is that you're the director of the Eastern Conference, but you are coaching in the Southern. So I'm guessing that was um, that was intentional to make sure that no one has particular biases where you're you're more or less over a different conference than what you're competing in? Yeah, so there's no conflicts of interest on anything like that. It just makes sense to have people who are in the, the USL but not necessarily trying to push their own players up the ladder. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, that, that's really cool. And um, congratulations on uh, getting that uh, job. That sounds like a lot of extra work on what all you guys do down there at SC United, but it's also really cool you guys are helping promote young players to grow their game. Yeah, I think it's, uh, like I say, for me, uh, it's a passion to be uh, part of this. Um, so anything we can do to try and give players more exposure and, and get players up the ladder and into professional that's really what it's all about. So I'm just proud to be part of the process. It's exciting. Awesome. So now moving on to your specific team, the SC United Bantams. Last year was a really good year for you guys, both on and off the field. You opened up a new club-owned stadium. You ran an awesome promotion that not only brought in a record number of fans for the season, but also earned you your team the Golden Scarf Award uh, for League Two. What can you tell us about that? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good fun year. I think our crowds went through the roof mm-hmm. uh, from before and, and put us in the top 10% of all all teams in the what was then the PDL. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the addition of the beer garden and the gay events made people, um, people want to come out a little bit more than they had in the past. Um, but the promotion of uh, Round the World in seven games got the Golden Scar for the best game day promotions in the nation, which was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something we were incredibly uh, proud of. And um, it was basically based around the nations of the players we had um, in the team. Mm-hmm. And we put on food. So we did the night you guys came out was British night. So we did British uh, pie and peas and fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran a British cider and a British ale. And, um, you know, we had the Beatles and the Rolling Stones were, were what the DJ was playing and we had a bagpiper uh, walk the teams out so it was just a real um, fun summer of doing events around each nation um, which was it was a lot of hard work but ultimately I think it, it brought a real fun game day experience to everybody and, and gave us something a bit different so yeah we're, we're aiming to beat it again this year Hmm. And uh, so how do you plan on doing that this year? Do you guys have any uh, promotions that you have sorted out yet? Uh, yeah, we're doing, um, it'll be American-themed events. Uh, mm-hmm. The title's going to be Land of the Free, Home of the Bantams. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to do, we're picking out um, 
specific parts of American pastimes, American culture, American locations, and we're going to base it all around um, just great American things. So uh, one night we're going to have the local um, semi-professional baseball team, the Fireflies. Mm -hmm. They're going to come out and do a mixed uh, Our City venture where we're going to incorporate the baseball and do it as America's pastime night with, uh, you know, baseball-themed events. Then we're going to have a Hawaii night with a luau in the grass skirts and stuff and Mm -hmm. um, a carnival night, like a state carnival. So we're going to do, we're just basing it around American themes this year, which will still have the same. We'll have beer out there. We'll have, on the carnival night, we'll have carnival food with candy floss and uh, stuff like that. And um, Yeah, just great American things. It should be good fun. Wow. Who's been coming up with these ideas uh, last year's Around the World in Seven Games and now this America one? Who's the mastermind behind that? Well, we have a we have a crew, and mm-hmm. basically, it's a case of you'll be walking around town one day and you'll see something that will pop into your head, and then you'll fire it into the group text, and then over over the course of time, they just evolve into these these ideas of fun things to do. Um, so in in Colombia, on Saturday mornings, they have this thing called Soda City Market. Mm-hmm. and you, you kind of walk down Main Street and there's all these different food vendors and there's people playing music and there's all these different themes going on. Um, and so you go down there and you get some great ideas of what community people you could try and get involved in. And over time, it, it kind of just evolved into this. Um, so Soda City was a big, big part of it. And it's all based around trying to use community people and community vendors to promote everything to do with Colombia. Hmm. Um, so everything's, everything's local around our game days and, and should be good fun. Wow, that, that definitely sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, last year when we came down for British Night, we had a blast. The fish and chips were excellent. It was, um, it was from a local <laughs> British pub there, right? Yeah, it was the British Bulldog, which is yeah, just that's on the right. corner. Proper soccer pub and soccer people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I believe you met Jody, who was the bagpiper walking yeah. out in his kilt, and he's got Scottish roots. And um, yeah, he's from Fayetteville, but plays the bagpipes. You know, <laughs> who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, he, um, he he was a lot of fun when we talked with him last year on the pod, and uh, it was a good time. And it made me want to come back to check out all the other different theme nights. And uh, I'm really excited because we're going to be coming back this year on I think June 22nd. So whatever you guys have going on that night, we'll we'll definitely enjoy and. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I can't even remember if uh, the game we went to, if the team won or lost. We just had such a fun time. And uh, uh, I, I imagine that's part of the aim of it is, you know, make sure people have a fun time and keep coming out to support the club. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we've got, with with having um, 5,000 members in the club, I think the Bantams really is a time to celebrate the whole the club as a whole and just try and get people out to two fun events and Regardless of what the result is on the field, I think we want people just to come out and celebrate South Carolina United and Columbia as a whole and, and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so June 22nd, I believe, we're trying to get a, a helicopter lined up to do a, a helicopter golf ball drop, um, mm. which should be a pretty pretty cool event where they drop um, a load of golf balls onto the the field at halftime and we'll have raffle prizes and stuff. So that should be a pretty spectacular event that you you come down and see, hopefully. All right, then. Well, that sounds fun. Um, but um, now shifting gears a little bit, uh, not only did you guys have a really successful off the field, you guys were really good on the field as well. Uh, you finished third in a really tough deep south division that had, 
I believe second place was Bria, who were the uh, finalists for the national championship the year before. And then you had a Tormenta team that was really pushing to establish themselves as a good team heading into League One the following year. I mean, I think they brought up a good number of their League Two players into League One. And, um, you know, you guys had to play them three times last year, I believe. Um, How do you guys plan on competing in the Deep South this year? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a similar kind of thing for us because it's always been um, we're like a, a younger startup team that's always been a bit of an underdog. Where Tormenta were recruiting players last year with the offering that if you do well, we we can get you into the pros, and um, it, it's kind of always been a similar thing that there's there's big clubs and then there's smaller clubs that are trying to grow, and we're still in that process where. Um, right now, it's what's good for us is um, Greenville Triumph have just popped up, who uh, you know uh, a local pro team who actually took one of our players, Edmundo. Um, oh. He turned pro with them, and he's he started his first professional game a couple of weeks ago, and you know that's that's fantastic for us. And being surrounded now by Tormentor, by Charlotte Independence, by Charleston Battery, and, and Greenville kind of helps our cause where we can be a farm team to try and get players into the pros that way and, and build mm. our network up. Um, so that's really where we're trying to compete through getting players scouted and recruited by, you know, the clubs can come and watch us and they know that we'll be a good pipeline. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helps where last year we had a successful season. We played some brilliant stuff and uh, we probably had eight players on the roster that I'm convinced could turn professional. Mm. So that's really where we, as you, as we're learning how to recruit the players and and where to go to get them, we can be a real good base to get players to turn professional further down the line, um, which is you know which is what it's all about. But now I think that we've had somebody who was the top scorer in the nation last year. The local teams kind of will realise you know we're a good we're a good club that can recruit properly and, and we'll have some people that they would take interest in. So we just we're a growing team um, that I feel we're close to winning a division last year, and I feel like we'll be very close to winning the division again this year. And because of that, you know, uh, hopefully we can get more guys into the pros, which is the aim. Hmm. And, and with all those pro teams that you mentioned, um, and it's really awesome to hear that one of your guys is up at the Triumph now. Um, have you guys been looking into possibly trying to form any sort of formal partnerships with any of the clubs? I know you guys kind of had some sort of thing with the battery, if I'm not mistaken. But I was wondering if you guys were trying to do anything like that. Um, Well, I think the thing with that is, if we were to tie in with one club, that might be to the detriment of more teams being involved. Mm. So I think the the USL platform for our guys is a good platform where we can reach out to Greenville and say, hey, we've got this guy here that we think is is really awesome. If we tied ourselves into a, a deal with just one club, that might be to the detriment of the player. Hmm. Um, so I kind of feel like the platform we've got now is is right where we've got good relations with the local teams enough to be able to give them calls and, and speak to them about local players. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the best way for our, our team to operate. Yeah, no, that, that, that definitely makes sense. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like it's going to work out pretty well, not to mention the scouting network, uh, you know, whoever it is that's scouting your teams, if you guys continue to perform well. Uh, teams will be notified in the USL as well, which pretty much all the professional teams in our area are USL. So that that sounds 
like it's a, you know yeah. a good approach to be more broad than just focused on one team specifically because you, you could have an awesome striker like Merrick Weber but if the one team you're attached to happens to have two you know top class for the USL strikers there's not going to be an advancement there but he could possibly go somewhere else you know something like that so exactly uh, with, with all those players you did have last year including like you said the Golden Boot winner Merrick Weber. Will he or any other key members of the squad be back this season? Uh, yeah, we've got um, we've got a handful of players uh, returning mm-hmm. from last year. We had we had quite a lot of seniors last year, mm. um, and so they kind of came in. They do 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 summer with us, and then they go back and they go out into the, the real world. Right. Um, so there's normally in the USL there is a, a fair turnover year on year, mm-hmm. um, but we'll we'll have. Um, a good handful of players returning, like our captain Harrison Roberts is coming back again. Mm. We had uh, Keegan Burton's coming back again from Queens, and um, we got a good few. And then we we also use it as a platform for players who are within our club who've recently left to go to college or or are in their last year of playing for our club. So we'll have uh, kids like um, Josh Corning, who's at USC, and. Colin Harris, who's at um, Georgia Southern, they'll all be coming um, to be part of it as well. So we use it as a good um, feeder for our players from within SC United. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds good. You got a good mix. I remember Harrison Roberts from last year. That was, He was uh, really good for you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've Hopefully noticed something. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I've noticed something for the second season in a row, and I don't know if it means anything, but I just was curious about it. It seems like the Bantams are starting at almost the end of May, which is later yeah. than just about any of the other teams that we follow at Amateur Hour. I was wondering if there was a particular reason for that. Yeah, so um, basically what we do, um, it's, it's based around a couple of years ago when we qualified for the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Um and the Open Cup set the date for our first game that year, which was May 10. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we, we recruit from local areas, but we also recruit, we recruit from further afield. And, you know, 99% of our players are in college. So the exams fall normally around that week of mm-hmm. the 10th. So we actually had a player that we'd recruited from um, Canada who reported on the day of the Open Cup game, which was the biggest game in SC United Bantam's history. Right. <laughs> and we'd, we'd kind of, we'd hardcore recruited him, but we'd never actually physically met him in person. <laughs> so it's um, the early start dates for us, uh, with us being so college-driven, uh, makes, it, makes it hard for us to be able to get the team together, get them into a style of play and work with them unless we set the first game um, game day kickoff a little bit later. Mm. So we always kind of target around May 2021 as our first game so that we can get them in around the 10th, work with them for 10 days before we go into the first one. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. It's something that I actually was a little curious about. Uh, part of the reason that uh, mine and Ben's schedule are so off is because I'm currently in college right now and uh, my last exam is on May 9th, and then on May 11th, we're going to go up to Tobacco Road for our first road trip of the year. And yeah. I, I remember thinking kind of the same thing. I'm like, well, I know some of the Tobacco Road players are from like UNC or Duke, and uh, I have a you know future brother-in-law at UNC, and his last exam, like me, is on the 9th. And I'm like, 
how many of these players are having their last exams right before their first game? And so it does make sense for you to kind of delay it if you can a bit to get your guys a little more trained and used to your system. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the other, like, um, there's no actual rules on how many overage players you can have in your squad. Mm. You're allowed to have um, 10 on your game day roster who are over 23. Oh. Um, so last year we were, I think we were in the bottom sort of 5% of teams that used overage players because we specifically target guys who are going to be, who are in college and aspiring to be professionals once they leave. Mm-hmm. Um which I kind of feel like that's the platform that the USO is set up for. Right. So we we don't have guys who are in work and would be available to play at that time, mm. um, which, you know, running with a really young squad is might not be something that would win you the USO as such because you don't have that older heads and the experience. But I right. kind of feel like it's the best use of the platform for our guys. No, yeah, definitely um, makes sense. I mean, you guys are... Uh, have always seemed to be a team that's got a good mix of you, you really focus on development but you also try to obviously with last year create a good game day atmosphere so uh yeah that makes sense um so uh, another question i had though is right before that start you guys i noticed you guys are scheduled to visit Asheville city for a friendly on may 16th I, i'm guessing yeah. that's kind of a tune-up game but how did that how did you guys arrange that um well we've got um We'll be playing one against Greenville as well, um, Greenville FC on oh, okay. the 11th or 12th is on the Sunday. Um, hmm. and, and that really is because them guys are in a, a separate league to us there in the NPSL, mm-hmm. and the NPSL is only providing them with 10 games this season. Hmm. So to try and make up games, it, we thought it'd be a pretty cool idea to have a crossover game and just compete against somebody who'd been successful in a different league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, uh, you guys can probably tell me. I, I've, we haven't been to an Asheville game yet, but the photos on social media—they mm-hmm. have their own beer, they get the replica shirts. It looks like they have good atmospheres and stuff. So we'll be going up there to have a have a look at how they do game days and have a little tune-up game as well. So that'll be one that we're actually really excited about going to. Yeah, they um, honestly both Greenville and Asheville are a lot of fun. Ben is uh, last year was a season ticket holder for Greenville as well because uh, he's from there and uh, yeah. he loved it. And Asheville, Asheville's really the team that got me interested in amateur soccer to begin with because um, before that I was following the independents and when I saw the cool things Asheville were doing, I started paying attention. And honestly, I'd say I credit that team more than anyone with us getting involved with this podcast and. Uh, if you can, if you get the opportunity to talk with some folks up there, I would recommend it. It's their atmosphere up there is really cool. What they're doing with their women's team as well. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and um, I, I'm excited that uh, you guys are going to be playing them. I didn't know about the Greenville one. I wonder if I didn't see it on no, the website. I wonder if it will be streamed or anything. That one's going to be at hours there coming down to us. That oh, might be uh, that's okay. going to be a real low low key, just a little friendly one. Whereas the Asheville one will be a little bit more promoted um uh, around a game day thing for for them guys so hmm. i'm actually really excited about that we uh, as a club we're looking to add the wpsl um to our agenda as well so the Asheville releases where they've been doing a guy hmm. alongside a girl every week i think it's been really cool and good promo for both teams 
Yeah, for sure. That, that's something I really like about them. And uh, I, I just interviewed Ryan Kelly uh, last week. He's you know with Asheville. And yep. uh, we, he talked about how intentional that is. They don't treat the women's team really as separate or lesser than the men's team. They're both Asheville City. They just play in different leagues. And it's uh, I think it's been really good for them because uh, I don't know if, how much you paid attention to it, but they – I believe they had the highest attendance of any team. Like, I think they were top 10 in the nation for women's teams. And uh, uh, we're, we're going up there for a women's game this year. And from what I heard, the atmosphere is just like it is in a men's game, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we uh, as a club for next year would like to get on board for hours because our girls' program in the youth ages is just as big as the guys. We mm-hmm. have real good numbers of girls. So to be able to show a pathway for the girls to come and have the same sort of game day atmosphere and the game day promotions around them, I think would really take off for a club like ours. And it's something that we've, we're really excited about adding for next year. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll have that to talk about next year as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to watching that game if I can and hearing about how it went for both of you guys. Cause uh, like I said, you know, you Asheville's a big influence on me and then, you guys are more or less my hometown club, and I like what you're doing down there too. So I, I would love to see you guys grow and do WPSL and all that as well. So awesome. Yeah, it should be good fun. So um, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about the club or anything? Um, no, not really. I think at this stage now we're just really excited to to be getting going, and um, we're about to release all the game day promotions in the next couple of weeks on social media and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think after last year's success where we broke all attendance records, we'd, we'd like to try and beat that again this year if we can. And if there's anybody around Columbia that's interested in soccer and wants to come on out, it'll be a, we can certainly provide a good game day um, atmosphere for anybody coming. should be good fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Lee, and uh, we'll catch up with you in June. Hey, good man. Thanks ever so much. Looking, to, uh, looking forward to having you guys out here again. And thanks again to Lee Morris for joining me on the podcast. Uh, whenever you do get to listen to it, Ben, I think you'll really enjoy some of the stuff we talked about. But uh, in the meantime, how was our uh, game of the week? It was good. I wasn't able to watch the entire of the entirety of the match mm. uh, just due to some stream issues. I think it was just me mostly, to be honest with well, you. Well, I don't know. It was my, uh, my Cujo TV, right? Yeah, they're they're never good. It was we- well. The weird thing too was oh, we should probably mention first the game we're talking about is Georgia yeah. Revolution hosting Greenville FC. But yeah, go on. Yeah, like I there's a there is an Apple TV app, and yeah. I would try to get it to work, and then it would randomly try to like pull up an ad, mm. but then it would be the only thing it would do. Mm. Like it wouldn't let me do anything else. Um, but I was the good thing the the promising thing I will say about my Cujo. Mm. Um, is it does have a game highlights feature. I do remember that because I, yeah. I think the Eagles used it last year and mm. that was like one helpful thing. But Yeah, and it's really well done. I mean, there yeah. was like probably a solid like 15 to 20 minute stretch mm. or like clips of the, of the match. So I feel like I got a good taste of how it went. Um, and it was pretty well balanced to be honest with you. Oh, yeah? um, I mean... The Revolution, the goal they scored was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not that Greenville let the the Georgia Revolution attacker kind of sit at the top of the box, but he, he curled one in yeah. um, from, from outside the box. Greenville's first goal, did you happen to see that? I haven't seen anything. It was 
exceptional buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was passes here and there, and then just a really consistent attack. Basically, I mean, there was a pass to get to break it into the box, and then a pass, basically a pass like across the frame of the goal. That one, there was like a deflection, but they were still <laughs> working with it, and then just a rocket into okay. the goal. So that was a really good goal, to and they scored. I think within five minutes later. Um, oh, like Greenwood scored two tw- twice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know how accurate the stats were on my Cujo because Who knows? they had said that Greenville only had three shots, which I kind of believe, but uh-huh. uh, Georgia Revolution had, like, nine. Wow. And eight of them were on target. Um, but regardless, they did have some good opportunities. They uh-huh. just – I'll definitely say, you now I think about it, they, de- they did not have – they were not eight for nine for shots, I know for a fact, because there was a number of – there was one where it was like, it was right in front of the goal and it went, went diet like as far away from the goal as possible. Um, but I mean, overall, it was it was a pretty entertaining game and it started to get rainy towards the end of it and that mm-hmm. really just put a damper on everything. So right, probably helped out uh, Greenville right. in some ways. Well, congrats to Greenville about getting their first one of the season and their first game of the season. That's yeah. That's impressive for them. And um, so as far as uh, next week goes, everybody, uh, originally we were planning on going up to Tobacco Road to visit them for their home opener. Unfortunately, because of, like, stadium construction issues, I think it was, they had to reschedule that game. And uh, it does not look like we're going to be able to visit Tobacco Road this year. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, That's one of the tricky things with the amateur season. There's only, like, seven home games, and not all of them are on Saturdays. And so I think, like... The day they were scheduled it for is the day that I'm getting married. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's only two other weekends where they're, uh, they're going to be playing, and we're both previously committed, so we're not going to make it, sadly enough. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, since we're not going to go there, we're actually going to go down to the Carolina Classico. Yeah. So uh, the Asheville slash Greenville heaviness to the beginning of our season continues. <laughs> yes. Heavy dose of the... The Asheville slash Greenville. Yeah, so we'll be going down there, hang out with South Slope Blues and Milltown Operatives at Serene yeah. Stadium, the new stadium for Greenville SC. So we get to talk about what Marco mentioned to us a few weeks ago. We'll get to see in a person, so that's pretty exciting. Um, as far as another game of the week, I mean, that's pretty much the game of the week, I feel like, the Carolina Classico. Um, I don't know what else to recommend. I mean, Asheville hosts a couple of games, so those will be streamable for sure. Mm. I think there will be a really interesting matchup on Friday the 10th between NCSC U23s and Lionsbridge. They're basically Mm. like the two – I saw like this article from uh, League Two. They were like the two front runners for the league going into the season. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's at least the way things look going in. Um, Unfortunately, though, I'd be very surprised if uh, NCSC streams it. Um, yeah. They don't usually. They don't really focus too much on uh, getting fan engagement with the U twenty three program, or at least they haven't in the past. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting, at least I guess, to look at the stats, sadly yeah. enough. But you know, <laughs> see what happens with that. But um, so yeah, we're really excited to go to the Carolina Classico and all that. And we'll uh, get back to you guys and let you know how all that went. So uh, in the meantime, though, Ben, who is your BGN podcast of the week? Um, my BGN podcast of the week. Which he totally didn't forget about and isn't frantically scrolling through his podcast app to look at one he hasn't mentioned already. Not at all. I will recommend (laughs) one of the, uh, this podcast has been together for a long time. Uh Um, Well, I should, it was established a long time ago. They actually just recently got a new host, uh, but it is the Unused Substitutes. 
Oh yeah, you know what? They're uh, actually a Patreon member. Really? They are. They're oh. a Patreon member. I, I reached out to them to see if uh, cool. they wanted us to send a sticker, but I never heard back. Yeah, they're uh, they're some good guys, and they uh, they cover the rowdies. Right. Like, Tampa rowdies is is what they do, um, and they do it really well. They uh, <laughs> they do a, a good job of it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really good podcast. It's a fun podcast. And it's casual. So uh, have a listen. Yeah, so for all you soccer nerds who want to learn about every other team like Ben, I'm not sure why she's dying. My fiance sitting there watching this podcast, and I don't know why, but she's dying laughing. A bit distracted. I'm going to have to edit this out. What's wrong, sweetie? (laughs) Looking at Ben frantically scrolling for a podcast? Is that it? (laughs) I thought I was doing okay, Stalin. Say something. The people, and by the people I mean Jason, want to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we didn't have an insult intro already. We'd use that. Instead, we'll leave all this in. <laughs> but um, to the first, uh, the, to the first four subscribers to subscribe using the code Amateur Hour, as suggested by my lovely fiance, Ben will give your cat a bath. Oh, God. I will not. (laughs) He will. He's bound by, uh, I don't know, some podcasting code. (laughs) The code of the podcasters. (laughs) The podcasting legion. And speaking of uh, Patreon members, we just wanted to take this time to thank uh, our Patreon members that we have so far. As I mentioned, unused subs. And um, we got Zach Leishner from uh, Bull City Soccer Show, which is a Tobacco Road-specific podcast and so on we definitely want to talk to a little bit later on since we're not going to be able to travel up there. Yeah. Grinch, of course, who brings you transitions from time to time. Yep. And then Brad Bukowski. Bukowski. Bukowski? Yeah. Sorry, Brad. I'm not good at pronouncing it. <laughs> um, Just call him Brad B. I yeah, Brad B. B. I am Brad B. on Twitter. Uh, yeah. He was kind enough to become our presenting sponsor and then told me to not bother making him uh, the presenting because he didn't want to interrupt the flow of our intros. Yeah. So that was sweet of him. But um, with all this Greenville support in particular from those two guys, uh, I guess it is kind of justified that we're being extra Greenville heavy because, you know, we're shills. We're all about (laughs) that money. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet, sweet Patreon money. Woo! But if you'd like to be awesome like them, you guys can go to patreon.com slash amateur hour. Or don't. It's fine. We do this because it's fun. Or do. There's yeah, that. there is that. So you can buy us an extra beer here and do there. Do or do not. There is no try or something. <laughs> I think I messed that quote up. But. I, no, I think that was accurate.